you're locked in the press box. All right. The Lady Rebels absolutely dominated Nevada over the weekend, 98-67. to 67. Uh, Crushed them, and as a result, won the Mountain West regular season title. Third they have now year. won three straight regular season titles in the Mountain West. They are 24-2 and two overall, 14-1 and one in Mountain West play. They have three games left. Two home games, Boise State, San Diego State, and they wrap up with a road trip to Utah State. So they could very well be 27-2 and two entering the Mountain West Tournament. If they were to win that, they would be 30-2 and two going into the NCAA Tournament, um, which would, I presume, give them quite a good seed relative to where they have been in the past, right. where they would be the better seed going into their first-round matchup. That's my expectation. Aren't they top 30 in net? Uh, I'd have to double-check. They've been right around 30, 30 the entire year. So they should probably still – I mean, beating Nevada by 100 points is going to – your net's not going to fall even though they're not right. very good. Uh, they are 34 in that. So wow. they've they've fallen down. They were like 29-30 for, I think, at the beginning of conference play, so they've fallen a few spots. Because of the conference. Conference is not very good. Um, but they're still – I mean, if you're 30-2 and two and your net's 34, you should be getting a pretty good seat right. in the NCAA tournament. But Lady Rebels uh, went again dominating fashion. By the way, that game was on FS1. The Nevada game? Yeah. Is it, it was basically at the same time as the, the men's game. But, okay. yeah, it was on FS1. They were on uh, – I don't know why they picked that game to televise. <laughs> and the men were on CBS Sports. Uh, yes. Yeah. 219 and 221. Yeah. Of all, of all close, the games, FS1, the FS1 picked out the one Lady Rebels game where they won by 40 yeah. points. Game was over. Well, the highlight Danny just played it was 30 to 13. Like, game was over when it tipped off. But on TV, at least they got a blowout there. Uh not hoping for this for Lenny LaRock and her team, but really fascinated to see if you're upset in the conference tournament, if they've done enough the last two years by getting the NCAA tournament, by winning this league so easily if they'd get an at-large. I think they would. Because the projections that I've seen, and I'd have to look them up to get the exact ones here, but they are not in the 11, they're not like in the 11 seed line, right? They're in the 8-9 seed line. So I think if they were to lose one more, they're fine. Okay. Like, obviously, it would be considered a bad loss, but I think if they lose one more, they're okay. I Lose two more, and you might you might be in some trouble, but just one more loss, I think they're okay at the end of the day. So we'll see, but I do think they're good enough that if they were to lose one regular season or one conference tournament game, that they would be an at-large team. An at-large team. Now, they might fall back to where, okay, now you're a 11 or 12 seed. But I think they'll be just fine with one loss because, again, at that rate, you'd be what's the math? They're twenty nine and three, and even with one loss, their net still should be top forty. They should be fine. All right, I would assume so. I'm fascinated because in the past that just wouldn't be the case. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. And as much as it's supposed to be about one, this just this year, I do think they would take into right. account that this team what has they've been done the last two years really good. Um, I do need to make one complaint really quick before we talk about court storming. UNLV in-game entertainment. I cannot believe they keep screwing this up. Are you talking I, about men or women or both? Uh, it, it's happened at the men's game. I don't know if they do the same game at the women's uh, games, but during timeouts, UNLV does a game that I think is really cool. They bring a fan out. Mm-hmm. And they give them a category, mm-hmm. and then 15 seconds, and you name as many items in that category as possible. The other night it was things that are red. No, it wasn't. 
And this is what the problem is. They brought a fan out. They said, all right, here's your category. Ice cream toppings. 15 seconds. And you're Go. thinking of the Reno game. No, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to explain what's going on here. Just no, calm I thought down. It was the other no, that's what it was. I'm going to explain why I'm annoyed with this. You're both extremely confused because they keep screwing it up. They brought a fan out and they said, name ice cream toppings, 15 seconds. Guys like chocolate syrup, sprinkles, all this stuff. Okay, all right, okay. And then, this is why you thought it was things that are red. The game is fan names as many as they can in 15 seconds. They then go to a pre-recorded video right. of a player who did the same thing. They show the video. It's Luis Rodriguez, and they say, Luis Rodriguez, name, 15, or name in 15 seconds things that are red. They asked the fan to name ice cream toppings. They played the video of Luis Rodriguez saying, name things that are red. Are you talking about the Colorado State game? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I think that's the confusion because at the Nevada game, they did things that are red, and it was the Luis Rodriguez video. So I think they played the same video twice. That's that's my my complaint. Okay. They have screwed this up multiple times where they have the fan do ice cream toppings, and then whatever category they put in the video is completely different. I don't know how they screw this up multiple times. It can't be that hard. Label the videos. So what happened, fans actually booed. <laughs> they cut the Luis Rodriguez one short because after like three of them, they're like, ah, crap, this is the wrong one. Did he at least say cherries? He could cover himself on both sides. Uh, he said UNLV know. fans and something else, and then they realized it was the wrong one. But they keep screwing this up. It's a great game. I love the I game. I love the game. I like watching it. And multiple times this year, they've screwed up and put the wrong video up. Yeah, it's not good. I didn't I didn't realize because I was maybe not paying close attention to the ice cream toppings. I went to <laughs> Luis Rodriguez, and uh, it said Luis Rodriguez. Yeah, I know said. It did. It said things that are red right. because I looked up to see. And it was right after the guy was done naming sprinkles and chocolate syrup. By and the I was way, like, the, those are not the same things. By the way, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a UNLV player win. Yeah, I think it's kind of designed for them to not win. I think they give the UNLV players less time than they give the fans. Okay. That's my that's I will have to actually time it next time. But I feel like they give the fans about 20 seconds and the UNLV players actually have like 12. Okay. So, I think it's designed for the fan to win cuz they win some prize and when they screw it up they give the fan a prize anyways. Yeah. But stop screwing it up. Just play the right video. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't notice it that closely. You must have been watching closely. Yes, because I like watching it. It's a good game. And then they <laughs> screw it up. And it's like, damn, don't even get to see it this time. Do you like the two little kids dressing up and trying to get yes, to Yes, it's hilarious. Yes. Because they got to hold the clothes while they're running. They gotta it's hold great. The, they got to hold their pants up. I also have a theory that the kid who's slowest putting the clothes on wins every time. Well, the other kid's rushing, so he rushes his shot. I guess. They're brutal out there. The, the, the tic-tac-toe one's the best, actually. Yeah, that's they a good one They put a tic-tac-toe too. board yes. at midcourt. You got to go make a layup, and then you get your you big X or your big you, circle, to and you go play tic-tac-toe. That's yeah. the best. That's the best one they play because you got to make a shot and go play tic-tac-toe because sometimes you get somebody who's either never played tic-tac-toe before or doesn't understand what the, or they get confused, and they don't play tic-tac-toe right. Right. Like they make the shots they could win, and they put it in the wrong place. It's right. a great game. Do they still do the layup, free throw, three-point, half-court shot? Uh, yeah, they did it the other night. Uh, they don't do the half-court shot one at UNLV. They have two people compete against each other. Oh, and okay. And first one to make a layup free throw and three-pointer wins. Although rarely does anybody actually make all three. The time just runs out on them. Yeah, I participated in it when I was in college. But back then it was the half-court shot too, and I didn't get that one. It would have been free movies for a year. <laughs> 
free movies for a year? <laughs> yeah. I got the layup, the free throw, and the three-pointer. Couldn't get the half-court shot. Well, good for you. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. We didn't finish it. Well, yeah. I mean, to get the three-pointer under that pressure in front of people, good for you. The three-pointer is not any pressure. Pretty easy. Yeah, I, I don't know about I, now. Hey, I'm trying to give you a compliment. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Do they need a ban court storming in college basketball? It's a tough one. I got to write about this one for tomorrow. Like I oh, was you are. About, yeah, like I was talking to our guest. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind if they banned it, but I'm trying to think if they don't ban it, how you control it. I just don't. I'm trying to figure out different you ways of how you control it. That's what I said. That's what I said. You give them a loss. I don't know if they'll go to that level, though. So I love court storming. I think it's one of the great things about college sports. You pull off an upset, you beat a ranked team at home, and your student section just gets to fill. I mean, I you. get why they do it. I, it's great. It's one of the things I love. There's, I love seeing the the wide shots of football fields or basketball courts just full of kids jumping up and down. But the obvious answer is you ban court storming. It's yeah. it's an obvious answer at this point. Caitlin Clark had a collision with a fan earlier this year, and then we had uh, Kyle Filipowski, right. who's one of Duke's players, who. I guess rolled his ankle is what John Shire Something. said afterwards. Hurt his ankle. The Wake Forest court storming when they beat Duke. Kids were on the floor before the clock. Well, hit that's zero. the other thing. It, it hits zero it, before right. it hits zero. Kids are getting so amped up to do this now. Yeah, the game's not even over. Right. Like the whole idea of we'll we'll have the players off the court in a safe fashion before right. they. St- it's a court storming. It's yeah. not going to be calm, right? Like the whole idea right. is, oh, my God, we just won. Let's go celebrate right well, now. Well, and the other thing about it, I've see read, oh, you know, give them 10 seconds to get off the quarter to get in their line. That's not going to happen. In theory, yes. Sounds great. In practice. No, in practice, there's no way kids are going to do that. You're not going to be able to. It seems you're you've done that before, but it's not going to happen every time. And the the reality of the situation is it, it, it gets banned. Like yeah. the idea yeah. that you have players still on the court or the field yeah, that now have to navigate fans sprinting right. at them to go celebrate. Even like even if it's not a case of, oh, like the Caitlin Clark one. Caitlin Clark and the girl who ran into yeah. her, they didn't have any idea the other one was no, there. Exactly. Like they just collided because both of them are running. It, you just have to ban yeah. it. As much as I like it, I, it the, uh, the answer is I mean, I obvious. get why they do it, and I love watching it too, and it's – Football, well, I was going to say they have a longer way to run. There's more room on a football field than a basketball court, but you still get players involved yeah. with – you still get visiting players trying to get off right. in football uniforms and, and trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. I'm with you. I think they should ban it. I just don't know – if they don't ban it, I don't know how you control it. More yeah. security? I just – well. Like you just I don't move. know. Because, I mean – Non non student fans who are there, they're not going to storm the court, or at least most of them aren't. They they might. I don't know. After the students already have, they're not going to lead the court storm. Right, but yeah. like take the security guys from those areas and move them all over to the student section and just stand in front of them like a wall and basically tell them like, hey, you're not allowed to move until the other team is off the court. All right, I'm gonna be an unnecessary hater here, really quick. And I know UNLV doesn't have a student section that would actually storm the court, so it wouldn't be relevant. But Danny, I've seen the security guards at Thomas and Mac. Yeah, they're I know. not. They're I not know. stopping. An, uh. They're not stopping a nosebleed. <laughs> I know. They're not, they're not stopping anything. That's so. what happened 
one year um I do because I wrote about this uh when I think when BYU won they came they came over like the media t- we had to hold our computers oh yeah they, and and no offense but they had no chance of stopping those guys. right yeah no, like none like yeah. n- none maybe I mean Danny might if you got all of the security guards and they locked arms and just formed a human wall. But at that, that point, might stop them. At that point, it's kind of like dominoes. You just tip one, and the whole line goes down. But I, I, I mean, if you, yeah, actually stopping them will be hard if the fans are determined to. But if you ban them outright, and there's actual significant punishments, where it's like, oh wow, Wake Forest no longer gets that win over Duke, you would actually stop it. Sure, from happening. That's the one. That's the one thing. I just don't know if they'll go to that level. Yeah, I don't think they will because it's. Been and here's the other thing. I was laughing the other day. Well, first of all, by the way, Trev Alberts, the AD, and Matt Rule. I think it's Matt Rule, the basket coach. Yeah, they stormed the court. Well, I actually saw quotes yesterday. Matt, I guess Trev Alberts said, "Do we have to storm?" Matt Rule said, "Yes." Whenever Nebraska, Nebraska beat uh, Purdue a I couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. beat Purdue and they stormed the court. Um, so here's the thing I was laughing at is the Big Ten commissioner yesterday because they're talking about um, how the SEC has these fines, $100,000, $50,000, which the SEC, SEC school. Um, the Big Ten commissioner was talking about fines. He goes, you know, it's tough with our our cash-strapped budgets. <laughs> like, the Big Ten with cash-strapped budgets? What do you do with all your money? Uh, real quick. Bro- that was the biggest joke. Maybe it's the Mountain West if Gloria right. Navarro said that. It was like, ah, Wyoming doesn't have exactly. enough money to pay the fine. Exactly. Uh, real quick before we go commercial, did you guys see what happened to what Kyle Filipowski did before he rolled his ankle? When he he put a forearm into one of Wake Forest's fans as they were running past him. Yeah, and yeah. then did you see the guy, the kid from Wake Forest, try to swing at him? I didn't see that. So he he Filipowski collided with the one kid, and Filipowski. It was kind of the Devonte Adams move where somebody was right in front of him and he just shoved him off, kind of type situation. But then as Filipowski is kind of off balance. A different Wake Forest kid, like swung at him, didn't really hit him, but like tried to hit him in the back. Eh. So you got to stop that stuff. Yeah. One the way, way to stop it is for the ranked team to win. Well, well, okay, Danny, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned Nebraska. I saw a video. I don't know who they played this weekend. They had a halftime dunk contest with yeah. some of their football players. Yep. And I was genuinely impressed. Like these were better dunks than I expected from football players. Like they, one guy went between the legs, but they were like doing windmill dunks. I was like, oh my god! And they're football players. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like these are impressive for Is guys it? that play football. I mean, sure, they probably they played basketball growing up. They can't do that, <laughs> but they can dunk. Maybe that's their problem. They're playing the wrong sport. But I was like, damn, because uh, Chad Andrews, who uh, works in Colorado. He tweeted out like every every athletic department should do this. Have their football players do a dunk contest. Yeah, and my thought was, I don't, I don't think most football programs would have this good of dunks. I think most football programs you'd be watching ten dunks and nine of them would be missed. These are good. Yeah, I, I mean, these it, are legit dunks, right? Yeah, oh, he, he just went through his legs. Yeah, it was they, good. They could probably rival like an actual college slam dunk contest. Like I again, I don't mean to take shots at UNLV football because I don't know how to even play basketball. But I'm guessing if they lined up five guys, they would not have good enough dunks to be entertaining. Hmm? And that'd be I mean, the maybe I, I think I that'd be know. the case I mean, for every got... football program that you would not have five guys that could pull off an entertaining dunk. You probably got a lot of guys that can dunk, but right. all they can do is now, dunk. These were like 
Big One time. guy went Dip- between his legs yeah. and dunked. That's yeah. really impressive. One guy's throwing it off the backboard. Yeah. It's great. So Nebraska's got the wrong athletes, apparently. <laughs> or they're playing the wrong sport. They can switch. Football players play basketball, and the basketball <laughs> players go play. The basketball team won a close game against Purdue. Matt Rule out there chest bumping, guys. Yeah. He was probably like, damn, these guys are good. Why can't we win football games? <laughs> Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. It's Bischoff's Briefs, brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Bischoff's Briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No, me neither. I love sports, I just can't get next to hockey. Bischoff's Briefs. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth, one run game, first and third, left-handed batter, right-hand reliever, infield a double play depth, here's the pitch. Bischoff's Briefs. What's going in hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier passes to Huck and Chuck, who skates past the blue line. Huck and Chuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. All right, Ed. Did DJ Thomas just get robbed? I gotta, I gotta look it up. I don't know if I deleted it. The I Mountain it. West freshman it? of the week was Mason Falsev, who plays for Utah State. Utah State played one game this past week. That uh, was a good game for Utah State. But Mason Falsev in that game had ten points, three rebounds, four turnovers, shot three of nine from the floor. It's rigged. Anyone Mountain West freshman of the week. It's rigged. Not good. Uh, DJ Thomas had 23 in the win against Colorado State. Uh, Six rebounds, tied for a team high. Uh, One assist in that game. 12 of 12 from the line. To Mason Falslev. I don't know who Mason Falslev is. It's usually just. He he is the third best freshman in the Mountain West this year, but there's only. Toppin and uh, DJ. There's only. Uh, there's only, I, and I'm blanking on the other one, but there's only four freshmen in the Mountain West this year that are playing at least 40% of their team's minutes. Like, it's DJ Thomas, JT Toppin, and then Falslev is the third best freshman. Like, But there's basically no other freshmen that are doing anything. Um, but yeah, DJ Thomas got absolutely robbed. Falslev didn't even have a good game. No. no. Ten take points w- on three of nine shooting and you, a team-high four turnovers. If you take away all of DJ Thomas's free throws, he still outscores him. So, you guys know where I'm going with this. DJ Thomas did not stat pad against Air Force, and it cost him Mountain West Freshman of the Week. Four days after you guys were like, it's not going to cost him anything, it did. DJ Thomas puts up 12 points against Air Force. He wins Mountain West Freshman of the Week. But he scored six points against the worst team in the conference, and as a result, they didn't give him Mountain West Freshman of the Week. That's it. He had if he stat pads against Air Force, he's Mountain West Freshman of the Week. Well, he's won a lot of these awards. He didn't win this one. Well, we know what my thoughts are. You think it's rigged? I think it, the conspiracy <laughs> is in. They didn't give it to him because they want to give Toppin Freshman of the Year, and if they keep giving DJ Thomas Freshman of the Week, they can't give Toppin Freshman of the Year. Now, to be clear, Danny. Um, Freshman of the week is just handed out by the conference. I get I it. I don't actually know who in the conference decides, but it's just handed out by the conference. The coaches vote on freshman of the year. Yeah, but they – So it is two different groups. There's two polls, a media poll and a coaches poll for all conference. Yeah. 
So they they look at how many times freshman of the I don't week is awarded. Do. I've never I even don't think considered that in my life. I don't think they do. I think they look at numbers overall. <laughs> Fixes they, in. They look overall numbers. But last week, you guys were telling me the people that make these decisions, they don't just look at numbers. They watch the games. I don't think they watched any games. There's no way you watch that game and right? say it. To be fair, I don't know how they looked at the numbers either and gave up with Mason <laughs> Falls left. Because he was not very good. And he had four turnovers. Te- led the team in turnovers. That, that's again, not listed here. Right. And again, shot three of nine. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not good. That's not a good day. No. And he won freshman of the week over DJ Thomas, who again, was the best player as UNLV knocked off Colorado State. Is this just because they the beat San Diego State? Because they got player of the week also, Darius Brown. Now, he... He, he had a was great really day. good. He yeah. was 25 he, points. He, he was actually like, was good. Five threes. He was really good. <laughs> but Shot 61%. Yeah. He was really good. I, I honestly, I don't know why. Did They They might have forgotten DJ Thomas was a freshman. I don't know because there's no other real explanation other than he didn't stat pad against Air Force. But that's it. I don't know. Maybe, it, listen, the conference offices are in Colorado Springs. Maybe they went and watched him play Air Force and didn't watch the Colorado <laughs> State game. And they were like, who's this guy? He's, he's, he hasn't done anything the whole game. Can't give him freshman of the week. He didn't do anything. So DJ Thomas absolutely he got robbed. He absolutely got robbed. Absolutely. Here. There's no this one he got robbed. If like end of the year, if JT Toppin wins well, freshman of the year. Doesn't he lead the league in rebounding? Yeah. yeah. Like it's I mean, it's yeah. really close. Toppin might yeah. depending on how they finished, might actually deserve it. But right. <laughs> this Mason falls seven is ten points. <laughs> on his three of nine shooting. Right. Like again, Mason's good. He's a he plays for Utah State. They're good. He's good. But there's no reason his 10-point performance should have won freshman of the week over On DJ 33% Thomas. 33% shooting. Because right. they only played one game, too. Utah State only played one yeah, game this week. So it's not like he put up 40 right. in a midweek game. He only They only played one game. He had 10 points on 3-9 shooting. Not very good. <laughs> Trying to hold down DJ Thomas. Not very good. One other thing I want to talk about. Uh, Air Force upset New Mexico, 78-77. Yep. Air Force now two wins in the Mountain West. Um to simplify this, they won that game because of three-point shooting. Air Force made 11 of 25 from three. That's 44%. New Mexico, three of 16. That's 19%. Like, that's that. That's where they won the game. They, met, they had 24 more points from behind the three-point line than New Mexico, which means New Mexico was 23 points better than them at everything else. But the three-point line absolutely changed that game, and that's how Air Force pulled off the one-point win. They got it right as Petritus. Hit a game winner. That guy, Ritus Petritus, has a triple double hit against a triple UNLV, double against and then Vegas. hits a game winner with seven seconds left to beat New Mexico. If that guy has a good game, you lose to Air Force. Yes. The good news for most of the conference is he only has two good games the entire year. San Jose State now. Uh, well, no, I'm not sure who's dead last because I think San Jose State beat Air Force. Oh boy, we're so gonna have the net rankings seed. coming to play for the yes, final seating in the Mountain West the Mountain too. West. That'll be great. All right, coming up next, we're gonna get some baseball with Bob Nightingale. I, I'm too young to remember the Beatles, but from everything I've heard, it's sort of like the Beatles. And, um, you know, I've never dealt with a, a generational talent, uh, a world household name. And so Shohei's really just changed the landscape of even the Dodgers in spring training. You're listening to the Press Box on 100.9 FM and 1100 AM. Joining us now from USA Today, it's Bob Nightingale. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Bob. 
I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. We are doing good as well. Um, I want to start with uh, some free agency, or I guess lack of free agency. We did see Cody Bellinger sign, go back to the Cubs, but we still have Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Matt Chapman still out there. What do you think ultimately happens here? Do these guys get signed relatively soon? Like, What's it going to take for teams to actually sign these players? Yeah, I talked to Scott Boris. God, it must have been an hour and a half on Saturday morning. And, uh, yeah, he says now he's a lot more flexible, you know, on contracts. His thing was, hey, 11 teams, you know, uh, reduce their payroll. About 20 teams stayed stagnant. And so, yeah, a lot of people, you know, misread the market. And uh, so that money that they thought would be there didn't materialize. So I could see, like, a uh, a Blake Snell uh, yeah, and Chapman, for that matter, you know, kind of having a contract similar to Bellinger's. I mean, everybody thought Bellinger would get at least twice that much money. And uh, Montgomery, I think he wants more of a five- or six-year deal. Montgomery's, you know, 30 years old. So we'll see what happens there. But I think people, you know, trust Montgomery, and he won't cost as much as Snow. Is this a trend, Bob, that's going to continue in your mind in the years to come, whether it's not, you know, other than the Shohei's and, and people like that are not going to get the long-term deals and more short-term deals? But I think in this case, it's like there weren't, you know, difference makers. I mean, the only two difference makers were the Dodger guys, you know, Tony and uh, Yamamoto. You know, and, you know, uh, Scott Boris will argue, well, you know, Montgomery has less innings on his arm, and, uh, you know, Yamamoto's never pitched, you know, in, in the United States. But people saw the age, 25. So I think as long as you see some, you know, younger free agents hit the market, people do it. You know, like next year, for instance, with Soto. You know, he'll still get over, you know, four hundred fifty five hundred million dollars uh, as long as he's healthy this year. So, well, I just don't think the star players were in this year's market, except for the international players. Uh, you talked Scott Boris, read the story that you wrote after uh, talking to him, and, and you mentioned 11 teams reducing payroll. One of the interesting teams, and they've kind of been this way for a few years now, is the Red Sox. We saw Rafael Devers kind of come out and say, ownership knows what we need and all that. Does that actually put any extra pressure when you have one of the players doing it, or were the Red Sox just going to stay with the same status quo they've been for the last few years? I think stay with the status quo. I mean, I think the uh, you know I know the fans are saying, "Hey, you're the boss of Red Sox, do something here." It'll be interesting. Montgomery, his wife's a, uh, I think at the uh, hospital, works at a hospital there. Is uh, a doctor, or nurse, and uh, you know whether they reach out, reach out. But I think they're thinking. Hey, why spend all this kind of money when we're not, you know, it's not going to help us win the division? You know, we're not even close to doing that. Uh, same with the Mets. You know, I know, you know, people are saying, oh, the Mets should go out and get one of these starters now that, uh, you know, their their ace guy is is out. But I think the Mets are thinking the same thing. We're going to well wait. So I think teams are seem like less pressure to do it. Uh, I mean, the Cubs all went along. The fans were, you know, howling about you know, go get Bellinger. The players were doing that. Into Cubs credit, they just stayed stayed tight and said, "This is what we're offering." And sure enough, you know, Bellinger came around and taken it. Bob Nightingale with us from USA Today. Is it possible that there is too much coverage of Shohei Otani taking batting practice? Well, yeah, I mean, I was in the Angels <laughs> camp, uh, you know, about a week ago. I think it was the day first day Otani was supposed to take batting practice. And, uh, you know, Mike Trout says, do people realize he's been taking batting practice here for six years? He's played the big leagues for a long time. It's amazing. Just, you know, and he's not even going, you know, two ways this year. It's just 
you know, not playing the field, just a, a DH only. But that I think that's the reason why the Dodgers got the guy. It's like it didn't bother him. They wasn't going to pitch. It's just a brand where I think, you know, he's going to it's probably going to be worth, you know, 45 to $50 million to the Dodgers. They can't even keep his jerseys on the uh, on the shelves there. You go to Camelback Ranch, there's like 3,000 fans in the backfield just going crazy every day. Uh, I've, never, I've never seen anything like it. It was much bigger than the Yankees, Red Sox, and, and all those days. Um, you mentioned the jerseys there, and the Otani ones are are selling. But uh, did you ever think that there would be such a big story about see through pants and cheap jerseys in spring training? No, no. You know, I mean MLB they show these uh, pictures and slides. It's the same the same pants we've had for ten years. Just you know, I don't know about say uh, people paying more attention now. But you know, I, I like what Mookie Betts said uh, the other day. Someone asked him about. The jerseys and you know, the uniforms. He goes, as long as we're in a big league uniform, I really don't care what it looks like, <laughs> which is fine. I, I think people getting carried away. It's like, okay, there's something wrong. Something wrong in baseball. If people are more worried about the uh, jersey sales and you know, getting a uh, a championship team, can Ronald Acuna be even better than last year? I don't think he can be better, but you know, it was his first full year back health wise. They would have been if he has a Another season like that, you know, then you're talking about God, this guy be a, uh, a a Hall of Fame player. I mean, it's unbelievable how cheap his contract is. It drives him and his agent crazy. You know, that how little he's making, and you know, the Atlanta's got him under control for like another four or five years. Uh, they go down as like the you know the greatest contract in baseball history. Um, the A's are supposedly moving here to Las Vegas in twenty. 20- 28. We haven't seen any renderings of their ballpark. John Fisher still doesn't apparently have the financing side of that lined up. What have you heard recently about what people across Major League Baseball think of the A's? Yeah, I don't think there's any uh, hesitation. I mean, everybody I talked to among owners, MLB, and everything else is that, yeah, uh, full and go. I mean, I, I haven't heard anybody say there's any doubt that it's still happening. I mean, it's happening. Uh, you know, whether, uh, you know, I know people are still upset and kind of hopeful, but no, it's a done deal. And I know that, you know, people in the construction firm, the same, you know, outfit that did uh, the Raiders ball stadium, you know, is doing this one. And yeah, they haven't, you know, started yet. The Ren rings and stuff, they know it's a slower process. But even, you know, that being said, uh, they think, okay, you know, we'll be fine. And, you know, as you guys know, you can, you can work, uh, you know, 12, 12 months a year in Las Vegas without having a, you know weather being a problem as far as construction. How long does it take for Mike Trout to ask for a trade? I think he'd have to he'd have to have a, a good year, a healthy year, and they uh, and then if, if they you know have another lousy season, then I think he could. I think right now he'd be embarrassed to do so, just because the. Uh, you know, he's been hurt. And so he's like, he feels awkward, like, hey, I'm responsible too. It's like people talk about Redone not playing. Well, Trout's not playing either. So I, I think, you know, a year from now he may do that. And let's be honest, with all the injuries he's had over the uh, in the last few years and the money he's making, $35, $36 million, the trade value is just not there. I mean, people are hesitant, like, wait a minute now. He's got the name, but he hasn't been that MVP, MVP guy for about three years. How far away are the Angels from being contenders, given the state of their farm system and their major league roster? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, years away, years away. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean you can you can argue the uh, they're not any, they're not closer any closer than, than the A's are for that matter. I mean they uh, you know they didn't trade Otani and they trade you know trade away uh, some prospects and stuff. So uh, yeah, I can, I can't see it. I mean I think they're pretty much in the same timeline as, as the A's really. Uh, you know you got a couple of stars that got to produce. You know, and uh, but I, yeah, I can't see them, especially in that division. You know, when you got uh, Houston and Texas and Seattle, I think you're talking about a minimum of uh, three, four years. Well, he is Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Sure, take care, guys. Yeah, see you. Bob Nightingale on uh, some Major League Baseball. Mike Trout is under contract until the year 2030. He is making 37 million dollars a year on that contract. And Bob mentioned that the trade value might not be there for him. If he requests a trade, are the Angels getting very little in return for Mike Trout? Maybe if, like Bob said, he stays completely healthy this year and has a monster year. Get something but, significant back? But, I mean, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's he's always hurt. Like, I, I think if you're trading for him, the, the genuine question, aside from just the the health part, he's 32 years old. If you trade for him, you're committing to paying him for his 33 through 38-year-old seasons at the $37 million. And when you sign players to these big deals, you generally do it because, all right, the first half of the contract, he's going to be awesome. Second half, he might fall off some as he gets older. If you're trading for this, you're trading for the second half of that contract when you expect the player to fall off. I wouldn't be surprised if he demands a trade at some point in the next, whatever, 12 months, and the Angels don't get anything significant for him. And then we look back and say, they had Otani and Trout and got back two double-A relievers right. for both of them because they didn't trade Otani, and then Trout ends up getting traded for nothing. Imagine being an Angels fan and hearing Bob say, <laughs> yeah, I think LA's on the same timeline as, as Oakland A's. <laughs> they they might be. They might be worse. I mean, they're going to be competing for bottom of the barrel. They, I mean, they're, they will be a better team this year than the A's. But as far as when does one of those teams like make the playoffs, make the playoffs. it's probably the A's. Yeah, because you figure they got to finish at least top two in that division. Yeah. So, I mean, the A's, the A's also actually have bad farm system rankings, which is – surprising but they're bottom 10 too but i right now if you told me to pick which one makes the playoffs first i'm I'm taking the a's and the a's by the way have shown a history of we'll be bad for a few years good for a few years bad for like they've shown a history of yeah we'll be this bad but we'll turn it around eventually exactly where the angels have not (laughs) the angels have he's been to one playoff one one playoff series and he got swept yeah and that's and that was 10 years ago right yeah so it's absolutely the a's are gonna make playoffs before the angels do Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's bad to say out loud. I got to call John, see if he's okay. <laughs> that's bad to say out loud. All right. We got tickets to give away to go to Nitro Cross. Two tickets, March 1st, Nitro Cross Championship Weekend, Nitro Dome at Planet Hollywood. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go out to Nitro Cross, call in now. 702-364-1100. Caller number eight is going to win a pair of tickets to Nitro Cross. We're trying to give away $2,024 a day here at Lotus. And all you got to do is text in the keyword to 702-364-1100. There's a new keyword every day. Today's word is stardust. 
It's one word, S-T-A-R-D-U-S-T, Stardust. So if you text Stardust to 702-364-1100, you will be entered to win $2,024. There will be another code word tomorrow and another $2,024 up for grabs. So 702-364-1100, text in Stardust. That is today's word to be entered. Um, Ed, I love these stories. Uh, this is from Columbus, Ohio. ABC six, <laughs> a woman was charged $1,010 and 50 cents at subway. Whoa. That's some big party trays. <laughs> That's a lot of that's a lot of food for the uh, reception. Uh, Letitia Bishop went to a subway attached to a gas station. The receipt shows that she ordered three subs for her and her family, and the price is one thousand ten dollars and fifty cents. Okay, so someone hit an extra button. Should have been ten dollars fifty. Yes, should extra two buttons. Um, she, so this is where I'm confused. She didn't realize until she walked out of the subway. She paid with credit card? I guess. And was looking at the receipt. <laughs> I was like, whoa, $1,000. <laughs> she didn't notice when the person at the desk said, hey, your total is $1,000. So I'm, I'm pretty, it doesn't say in this story on ABC6. I'm pretty confident that whoever rang her up did not say your total's $1,000. I doubt she would have paid it. I'm guessing most people would be like, wait a minute. <laughs> These are $350 subs each. Are they wrapped in gold? So according to the story, she, I guess, paid, walked outside, noticed it, and when she went to walk back in, the subway was closed and the employees were gone. Oh, man, they closed that place <laughs> up first. They got We got 1000 bucks from this lady. What'd they do? See her walk out the door and run outside the back? <laughs> I don't know. But she said she tried to go back and the door was locked and she couldn't see anybody inside. Wow. They must have known they did it. But here's the thing. She paid with a card. Yeah. That money, the, how would the cat, the, the workers wouldn't have gotten that? No, that's right. It's not like $1,000 appears in the cash right. register when you pay with a credit card. So what the, what the hell happened here? I should have ordered from Subway for my wedding reception. No, you shouldn't have. Get three subs for $1,000? <laughs> I you think, think even no, less because people if, would No, eat. because I would have been smart, and if I spent $1,000, I'd have a lot of party trays. You'd have trays. more than three? I'd have party trays. <laughs> Everybody would get a chance to eat? Everyone would get a chance to eat, yeah, except and there, there wouldn't be people just having the cake. Just the cake? Just the cake. This poor lady's hoping she can eat cake. She gave a quote saying, I can't afford groceries right now because my bank account's in the negative. She's got to go back the next day. Well, she also says she called... Uh, the credit card company? Was it a credit card or a debit card? Um, she's tr- She called her... Uh, what is this? She tried to instantly credit me back. Oh, that was with Subway. And Subway says you got you to gotta go to a live person, but there wasn't a live person there. Imagine they say, all right, sorry for our mistake. Here's a $1,000 gift card to Subway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty pretty clearly a mistake oh yeah like i'm I, my credit card if i spent a thousand dollars at subway would alert me and would say hey did you just spend a thousand dollars at subway 
Yeah, I think ours would too. Like I get alerted. We've, we've had alerted. We've I'm had trying alerts. to. I, I must have it set up, but I think I get alerted anytime I spend like more than like three hundred dollars. Yeah, we get alerts on the kids, and usually yeah. it's yes, they did pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it wasn't a thousand dollars in some way. No, <laughs> yes, they did buy that, and we don't even have to check with them. <laughs> but man, thousand dollars for three sandwiches at Subway—it's pretty rough. I'm surprised. Usually. I think buying sandwiches, they say how much it is. Yeah, they they tell you, oh, that'll be ten ninety five. It's also very brave on her to just pay without knowing the total. I mean, I th- usually you know the total. Usually they say it out loud. I'm I'm betting I've paid for stuff without really paying attention to what the total was. Brave like, on you. Maybe they said it, or even it pops up there, and I'm just kind of absent mindedly, like, "Yep, I'm, let's get out of here" type situation. So I can absolutely understand that part of it, I. But as the cashier, I, yeah, ex- exactly. They you'd have seen it rung up, right? You would have been like a thousand dollars. What the yeah. hell did this lady order? Right. Well, that can't be right. And but again, what would the ca- the the cashier doesn't benefit anything from this? No, it's on a card. Unless uh, well, I'm looking at I the receipt. Know. Unless they somehow can you even leave a tip at Subway? They leave a tip for. I think you can leave a tip. I think you can, yeah, exactly. Nowadays, they, they've got a picture of of part of the receipt, and it just says subtotal, one thousand ten dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> Nowadays, they just hand you the uh, credit thing and say they're going to ask you some questions. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, there it's are places. One, it's one question. How much are you tipping? They always say some <laughs> questions. It's only one question. Yeah, there are places where you have to do everything, and then you walk up to the counter. To, for them to just scan your stuff and they're like, oh, would you like to tip us? Tip you for what? Yeah, come on, You Danny. stood there. Tip them up. You no. make your own frozen yogurt and then you go tip them. Yeah, no. Not a chance. <laughs> you do, Ed? Sure. You do? Yeah. Even after you made your own frozen yeah. yogurt? Yeah, the kids are working hard. Ah, look at are you. They? You're so nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're they're cleaning up from all the toppings and all the spills. Now, what if they said your frozen yogurt is $1,010.50? $1, then they wouldn't get a tip. <laughs>